Hello and welcome to the Biz Coach Show, hosted by My Biz Coaches and presented by the TLG Group. Our show is focused on giving entrepreneurs the edge they need to succeed. Your hosts today are David Macon, that's me, and Eric Whitmore. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, David. Thank you. Awesome. Eric, always good to be with you. And let's take a minute to introduce our guest for today's show. Our guest today is Thomas and Sarah. Thomas is the president, CEO, and founder of Integro Bank. Thomas has been in the banking industry for over 35 years, and among his many notable positions, Thomas held several roles at Citibank, the world's largest bank. Thomas also worked for the FDIC, managing over 780 distressed banks over the last two U.S. economic recessions. Thomas is passionate about helping small businesses grow and increase employment. He also holds a degree in leadership and an MBA from Purdue University. He also completed the Stonier Graduate School of Banking program at Wharton University of Pennsylvania. Thomas, we are absolutely delighted to have you on the show today. And how are you doing? Thank you, uh, David, Eric. It's great to be on the show. I'm doing awesome. great. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to having you. I know we've got a lot of great topics today and uh, really appreciate you making time to join us. Uh, and for those who are listening or watching, before we jump into today's topics, we encourage you to like and subscribe, whether that's on YouTube or any of our podcast platforms so you don't miss other episodes with amazing guests just like Thomas. So let's dive into our topic for today, which is business banking. And I think just to start things off, uh, Thomas, I'd love to know, what are some of the common mistakes that you see small business owners make when it comes to managing their business finances? Well, we see situations where business owners don't really fully understand where they're at today, which by that, I mean, what is the current valuation of their company and where do they want to drive their business in the future? What's the future valuation? What's the exit strategy or plan? What's the timeline? And then along that journey, not really fully understanding or identifying all the specific options that they can take um, and how to evaluate how those options impact their cash flow, their growth rate, their profit margins, and how that would contribute to their value creation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, it, really interesting, actually. Our, our last episode was uh, we were talking about exit strategy, and I think you really nailed it, you know, understanding what goes into your business valuation. So, Eric, I know that's something uh, you work on a little bit, too. So any thoughts you want to add to uh, Thomas's on that? Yeah, so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. I know, um, uh, Thomas, I want to thank you uh, for taking me and introducing me to your your businesses, your bankers uh, and, and the group, your team. Um, having the opportunity to sit through your presentation and learn how you do banking differently was really enlightening, quite honestly, uh, because uh, as I shared with you, and my, my experiences with banks has not been that great. But um, as we talked through, it was interesting how much you've really kind of set your bank up to really support the small business banker, uh, small business owner with their, their banking strategies and, and concept. Because, uh, you know, we talked at length, quite honestly, about um, exit strategy, which is one of the primary things that I find myself engaging with clients. Uh, I don't remember if I shared specifically, there's a statistic that I gathered, um, actually gone to multiple points, but there's approximately like 9,000 people a day that are reaching retirement age. And of those 9,000 people a day, it's over, a little over 9,000, uh, about 30%, just under 30% of those are small business owners. 
And so what I find is more and more people are kind of getting to the end of their career, having built their businesses over an extended period of time, and they're, they didn't plan for their exit strategy. And so as a business coach, as my group of, of coaches, at my biz coaches, one of the challenges that we struggle with is having those conversations, not only, hey, you didn't necessarily plan for this and now you want to sell it. And you're probably finding out from that business broker that it's not exactly worth what you thought it was worth, right? So to your point, Thomas, helping them really understand what the valuation of the business is. And then more importantly, you know, what are my options now? That's kind of where we come into play is we, we kind of start talking about what are those 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 options that are available to you now so that we can kind of pick up the pieces from where we are and over the next year, two years, three years, whatever that is, kind of put you in a better position to be able to transition. Your bank actually offers a number of different resources that allow people to be able to understand where they stand in that period of time leading up to that so that they've got a little bit more insight because most banks, or no, I don't know of any other banks that do anything like that to help them through that process. So that's uh, super impressive. I love the software, by the way. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but that was something that really kind of blew me away about our experience together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it's a true differentiator. I look forward to talking more about it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, to David, to answer your question, it's uh, that's uh, we spend so much time talking about not just exit strategy, but strategic planning to prepare for that. And often when we get involved, it's it's um, I'm not going to say too late, but it's later in the mix. And so we have to, sometimes we have to retrench and kind of figure out what that is. Um, so that's a, uh, that's probably where we spend a lot of our time is just kind of going back and figuring out what that is. Cause a lot of times they're struggling with the valuation. Yeah. Interesting, Eric, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it almost sounds like somebody who may be thinking about getting a coach should probably do it sooner rather than later. Or if they're thinking about exploring other options, we should do that sooner rather than later. Is that <laughs> that, yeah, I'm trying not to say that as much anymore. So thank yeah. you, David. Okay, All right. I'll, I'll say it for you, I'll say it for you. So uh, fantastic. Well, well, maybe let's let's kind of dive in there. We're talking about you know different options that are available to business owners. So uh, Thomas, maybe we can kind of move to um, some of the ways that Integro bank helps small business owners and maybe some of the pain points that you help solve? Well, great question. I'll, I'll start with the pain points. Uh, so we've actually done a lot of surveys of small business owners hmm. and we were shocked to learn that 85% of business owners today are not happy with their bank. Wow. We're, we're finding a, a lack of uh, trust, especially among some of the larger banks. And what's also prevalent is a lack of a true relationship. And the common complaint we hear is they have to call an 800 number and they have difficulty getting through. They're treated like a number. There's no true relationship. So I wouldn't say that we're inventing this because this is the way banking used to be years ago. We're all focused on having a true relationship with the customer. But the way we go about doing it here at Integro Bank is much different than any other bank in the country. We, we have, for example, invented and deployed new technology and new services that simply are not available from any other bank. We call those services Integro 360. And it's a suite of services, not only designed to restore that trust, uh, but it's designed to help us understand each individual business, what their growth needs are, 
And then we have a, a suite of five complementary services that are all designed to accelerate the growth of the company. Now, frankly, if you take a step back and look at what we're doing, every bank out there is selling loans and deposits, and we're not. <clears throat> we're selling a solution to help small business owners accelerate the growth of their of their company. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. I, I'm envisioning there's somebody, you know, maybe watching this or listening to this at some point, and maybe that's a totally new concept that I could actually like my bank. I could enjoy my interactions <laughs> with my bank. And um, I think that's uh, refreshing, you know, because I think, you know, oftentimes that may be a, uh, you know, a four letter word to some people, uh, but it really doesn't need to be. So I appreciate yeah, the perspective and really the approach that you guys have at Integro. So Eric, it looked like you had a thought too. Yeah, no, just the, the, it's funny as I think back there many, many years ago, my first business, David, no, no, no place in me here on timeline, but uh, um, my, my first business, I remember going in and making my first cash deposits with my, my ice cream business that I had when I was uh, servicing the, the, the different uh, grocery stores and independent convenience stores and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I remember we would take in so much cash and I'd go walk in and I'd make a deposit. It'd be like six, eight, ten thousand $10,000. And I was, 24, 23, 22, 22. And I think walking in with six or $8,000 in cash into my bank and I got a lot of attention, <laughs> but it was, you know, over the years that, I mean, that was probably early nineties. Uh, but that, that I, I could tell you, I've been much bigger and done much more business and got way less attention and way less service. Uh, years later, you know, having a much bigger organization and and, and um, just going in and having that conversation, then heaven forbid, if I actually actually ask for advice or anything like that, having anybody in the bank be able to provide me any guidance or insight or anything like that, um, it's like pulling teeth. Everybody wants to be sell me something. Nobody wanted to provide me any insight or guidance, right? So, uh, and that's been my experience. I mean, uh, as I mentioned before, I had over a dozen different small businesses over the years, and if I think back to my first early days versus maybe the last five years. Uh, so it's a span of 25 years or so. Um, that banking's gone quite a bit different. Uh, so much so that it's not really, to your point, appealing anymore to go into the bank. As a matter of fact, I do everything I can to avoid going in the bank, generally speaking, um, which is why I was super excited to meet uh, Thomas and his team uh, because I, I'm like, I love the approach. I actually got to sit down. I haven't even, hadn't become a client yet at the bank. And I got to sit down with Thomas and he got to, he explained to me about the bank. That's where else do you get that kind of a treatment? Yeah. Nowhere really. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, interesting too, Thomas, you'd mentioned something about, you know, uh, a lot of people and I think even maybe even generationally there's growing distrust or mistrust of banking institutions. And so to, to approach banking differently and, um, I think, you know, right in your name, right, you can see that integrity is a big part of your bank and your brand and, and what you do. So I think that's uh, pretty remarkable and definitely differentiates you there as well. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I, I'm kind of curious, what, what are some of the things, right? So we're talking about what makes Integra different. What are maybe some of the key things that you would advise a business owner on if they're looking at, you know, uh, business banking for the first time, maybe they just started a, a business and, you know, they're getting their first account, or maybe they've had their business a while and they listen to this and they're, wow, I could maybe have a better experience somewhere. So what should they be looking for? You know, that's a great question. And I know you're asking me that question, but I think Eric just gave the answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric, Eric just shared that he had an opportunity to meet the CEO of a bank and actually have a conversation. So that would be my answer is if you are a business owner, the first question is, have you met the CEO of your bank? Do you have a relationship with the CEO or the executives or the key decision makers? Or are you at a large bank where all those decisions are made out of state and you're probably treated more like a number than a, than a owner of a business? So that's where I would guide your business owners is to really look at the, the relationship that you have or don't have. And then the next question I think that they would want to ask is, what is it that your bank is doing to really understand your unique business? So they're right. not treating you like all other businesses. And once they understand your business, what specifically is the bank offering that's unique and specific to your business as opposed to treating you like all other businesses? So that's how we approach the business. We approach it that every company is different. We want to take the time to form a relationship, understand that business, and then custom tailor our solutions so they're unique for each individual business owner. Yeah, yeah, great point. I was gonna I, as we talked that day, and we were talking through that. And in, in retrospect, after our meeting, uh, one of the things that really resonated with me is we talked about different businesses, and and uh, as I relate that to what we do as coaches with our clients. Um, Every business is different, right? Their cash flow needs are different. Their credit uh, credit needs, uh, or at least access to capital needs, are different. And uh, what you provide is that uh, that ability to sit down and kind of talk through the value of that, right? And so I know, I, like I said before, I've not had. I think the the probably the best experience I had at one point was I had a banker say, "Hey, how 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 else could we help you?" That was probably about ten years ago. I was in the bank that I was working with at the time, and uh, um, and at the time I was it was scaling up a, a particular business, and they said, "How else can we help you?" Of course, it turned into a credit card solution, right? <laughs> oh, and they and they wanted to offer me their merchant services, but at least they made the effort, and we had turned into a conversation, and it was valuable. But I mean, I literally I can think back over the twenty five years, and there's probably maybe a half a dozen times where somebody's from a bank has actually proactively said to me, Hey, how else could we help you? Or what could we do to help you grow your business? And actually listened, not just listened with the intent to try and offer me a product or service, but actually listened in a way that they understood my business. And, and David will, David will be the first to tell anybody I've, I've got one of those. I'm one of those people that I, uh, I pay attention to what people say. I pay attention to what, how people do, how they respond to certain things and there's nothing more frustrating than having somebody ask me a legitimate question and I answer it and tell them what I'm looking for or what I need. And then they they literally within minutes or worst case, you know, a couple hours later, ask me basically the same question because they weren't really listening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're in a service business and you're serving your client that you need to have that, that ability to you know, not even not even it shouldn't even be that you're asking the question and looking for a solution, but more specifically, you should understand enough from the initial conversation, knowing your products and services or whatever that is, to actually be able to provide a solution, right? Even offer a solution before it comes up. That's what we try and do is in, in, we actually look forward uh, at it with each client and figure out 
how best can I serve this client knowing what I already know about their business? Because I've done some research. I've kind of dug into what they do. I know enough about this industry. And here's the areas that I probably see are going to be trouble, trouble points. And I think that you guys do a good job of recognizing, you know, one, the different business categories and then leveraging that in, in recognizing the conversation and probably uh, diagnosing what challenges they may be dealing with already. Absolutely. Well, uh, kind of on that on that vein, as as I was looking, you know, doing doing some research on Integra Bank, I, I noticed on on your website, Thomas, you've got consultative banking, and that definitely struck a chord with me. And I think it's uh, what you're talking about, Eric. I think it's what Thomas has alluded to. So maybe let's unpack that a little bit more. And, and what does that look like? You know, if if somebody you know were to walk into the bank and meet with one of your team members there. What does that process look like uh, and, and kind of how does that unfold? Well, in our solution that we refer to as Integro 360, there's a series of five complementary services that we provide both to our clients and our prospective clients. And they're all designed to do one thing, and that's to accelerate their growth. So let me unpack that for you. The first step is we provide business owners with access to peer data and the peer data will represent five to seven of their competitors and they'll learn things about the financials of their competitors, like their gross and net profit margins, their growth rate, and even the valuations of these competitors. But it actually drills down even more deeply into the cash flow cycle so they can see how their competitors are managing their cash flow, wow. how they're collecting their receivables and turning their inventory. And when they access the peer data, first off, they're amazed they can even get access to peer data. But their first reaction is when they compare their own company financial performance with that of their peers, they can instantly see their own strengths and weaknesses. And it exactly. starts to give them ideas of things that they can do differently to accelerate their growth. Then the second tool, also complimentary, is a business valuation. So this goes back to our very first discussion about, well, what's the value of your company today? What's your long-term strategy? What do you want the value of your company to be when you exit? Well, we have a free tool that will answer those questions in real time. So every month, every quarter, every year, they can get an updated valuation for their company. Now, business owners can go spend anywhere from $5,000 to $100,000 and hire yeah. a professional value uh, company, or they can access that tool for free on the Integral Bank website. The third tool is something that we invented. So you can't get this tool anywhere other than an Integral Bank. It's a very powerful forecasting tool. And so for each business owner, they'll get a customized dashboard that's unique to their company. And when they log in, they'll see their performance relative to their peers. They'll see their valuation, but they'll see a list of variables that show how they're managing their company today. And they can test if they change one of the variables and how they manage their company, they can forecast how that change will affect their cash flow, their growth rate, and the valuation of their, of their company. And so by testing each of these independent variables one at a time, each owner 
can start to dial in on the optimal way for managing their specific company to achieve the highest profits, growth, and valuation. So again, that was invented and deployed by Integro Bank. So it's the only place that you can get this tool. The third tool is what we call a feedback loop. And so in this feedback loop, they're going to get paired with a business banker at Integro Bank. And so what business owners we have found over time like to have access to is they can get overwhelmed with the peer data, the business valuation, the forecasting tool. Oh, I, actually, this is the fourth tool, so I may have miscounted there. But the banker is trained to help teach and, and coach and mentor the business owner and how to access the data, understand the data, and most importantly, how to apply that data to their own company and to make better decisions in how they're managing their business. And then finally, the fifth tool is complementary access to what we call the CEO club. And this is a program, it's a coaching mentoring type program where we'll bring in a prominent and successful business leader to share how they grew their business successfully, best practices, lessons learned, so that other business owners can benefit from that and come up with ideas on how they're going to accelerate the growth at their own company. So we've had a lot of favorable feedback from businesses that are now accessing these five free tools. Wow. I'd say if you just took one of those by themselves, <laughs> it's already, you know, miles ahead of any other bank, but you you put all of them together, I mean, I don't know why people would bank elsewhere, really. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it is proving to be a powerful differentiator because no other bank offers you right any of those tools. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for unpacking that and kind of unfolding that process. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I think that the, uh, you know, having got exposure to some of those tools just from a sampling of kind of what they do, when you think through the idea that, a, that an owner could look at their business through their banking portal, and a tweak or adjust, you know, this particular, for instance, I don't know, increase prices. What would the impact in my business be? And what would that do to my bottom line? What would this change in, um, I don't know, inventory turnover? How would that impact my business, right? Uh, these are conversations that we have with clients. And honestly, the biggest challenge that we have is most of them struggle with aggregating that data, right? And so it's like, and 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 to that point, you know, how that relates to their banking and, 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 you know, all of the information, all that information theoretically funnels through your bank to some degree or another. Uh, so, you know, being able to have a tool and a resource like that at your fingertips, that, that, the, to, to David's point, that one thing alone is is phenomenal. When you add in all the additional components, it really kind of puts you guys in a whole nother class. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't, and I feel like I'm selling you guys. I'm like, the reality is, is that the more I, the more we talked about it, I'm just like, there's, there's nobody else out there doing anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, potential banking competition or lack thereof, just kind of changing <laughs> gears a little bit here. Uh, why is there such a shortage of banks in Arizona, Thomas? Well, wow, great question. Um, I have an interesting answer that I don't think your audience is going to expect, but I also want to explain how I found the answer. And okay. how I discovered the oh. answer is an interesting story. So we all know what happened during COVID. 
especially here in Arizona, but throughout the Southwest United States, um, so many small businesses were forced to close. And I took it really personally because when I looked at my own upbringing, I realized the incredibly positive impact small business had in lifting me out of poverty and transforming my own life because it was a series of jobs at small businesses that helped fund my college education. And so when I saw all these small businesses closed, I really wanted to understand, well, why is that? Because mid and large size companies were doing fine. And I found a couple data points that really bothered me. Uh, and it leads to the shortage of banks that you, that you saw in Arizona. So number one, of all 50 states in the nation, Arizona ranks last in the approval of loans to small business. Wow. The reason is because there's an acute shortage of banks here in Phoenix. And actually, if you look at the state of Arizona, the state of Nevada, and the state of California, that Southwest portion of the United States, we rank 50th, 49th, and 48th in having the fewest number of banks in the nation supporting small business. And then the third data point is there's lots of banks in this region that claim to support small business, but I aggregated all the data for every single bank in the United States. And I was shocked that even though small business accounts for 99% of the companies, they only get access to four and a half percent of all the lending activity. <laughs> wow. So what that told me is that the problem is there's a shortage of banks in this region devoted to helping small business. And even though they claim to be helping small businesses, the existing banks, if you really dive deeply into what they're doing, they're large national or regional banks that have come into our market by buying a local bank charter, which is why there's such a shortage now. And they'll actually tell their employees that they make their profits by helping the large corporations. So don't worry about those small businesses. So small business owners in this region feel neglected because they are. And so that's why we decided to launch the bank is because of the acute shortage of banks. Arizona has been the victim of its own success. All the other banks out of state wanted a presence here. So they bought up all the local bank charters to the point where there's none left. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the data behind it is, uh, well, it's uh, frustrating, I'll say, just to keep it a family show here. But <laughs> Well, that was a big motivator. Uh, and all of us, uh, you know, I shared my story uh, with you, Eric, earlier. <clears throat> you know, I started working in small business at age nine, delivering newspapers at 4.30 in the morning before school, uh, on a bicycle with a light because it's still dark. That was my first small business job, flipped hamburgers at 16. And then I was able to get into Purdue University, but I ran out of money after the first semester and I had to work at a small business for $5 an hour, 40 hours a week, put myself through school. So I have a strong connection to wanting to help small business just because of my own personal experience working at small business. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can I can respect and appreciate that. I know um, when you told that story and I think back, you know, I, I've had, as I mentioned, a lot of small businesses of my own. As a matter of fact, for in my particular case, my situation was that uh, I uh, 
I had to start a business in college to be able to pay my bills <laughs> because I wasn't making it on the uh, on the stipend I was getting each each semester. <laughs> and that's what happens when you start a business. You make a lot of money and then you sell it to go to school and realize you can't live on that lifestyle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've, I've actually supported myself on multiple occasions. With I'm like, I need a way to make more money and I can't make enough money. So let me start my own business. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I appreciate that. And I think one of the things you know, we talk about the the minimum of the such a small percentage of, of banks char, uh, tailoring to small business. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Arizona is like one of the largest in the United States in regards to the number of small businesses uh, it, it, within the state. Is that accurate? Yeah, 99% of all the businesses here are classified as small business. They have 100 employees or less. If you use the broader Arizona, California, Nevada, just five counties, Southern California, Las Vegas, and Maricopa County, just those five counties alone, there's over 800,000 small businesses. Wow. Wow. Well, That's crazy. And I remember when you showed me the statistics, the bar chart across the states, you said Arizona was last and it was substantially lower, right, relative to many of the others. Uh, outside of Nevada and, and California, they were all fairly close, but it was, uh, I'm going to say close to half, if I remember the visual representation than many of the other states out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real problem. That's why business owners, if you're trying to grow your business, having a bank partner to help fund your growth is going to be important. And when there's a shortage of those banks uh, or the banks aren't interested in helping you because they're helping the larger companies, it's a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that. When we, um, uh, one of my clients was one of my first clients when uh, COVID hit, as you'd mentioned earlier, one of their struggles was they had to go to the PPP to kind of keep, they were considered, um, oh, what's the designation they used? Um, they were to stay open during COVID, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of companies were shuttered down, but uh, they stayed open because they were, uh, what's the term? Essential. essential business. Thank you. Essential. Oh, essential, essential yeah. Business. Yeah. Yeah, they were determined essential because they were supporting the electrical industry. And so there's a, a, a obviously. But uh, the point was, is that so they were stressed because they're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, OK, hold on. Let's let's you know, that's my job. I'm, I'm the objective a person here. Let me let me figure this out. What's next? Right. Um, a little military problem solving skills here. Let's let's figure out what we do. But um, so we started digging in. I did my research. I started digging into the PPP, the idle loans and things like that. And super frustrating just to kind of reference that because you mentioned it earlier. It was it to me as I started getting more and more insight, the, the, the deeper I dug, the more I realized how poorly small businesses were represented when it came specifically to the PPP and bailing out the small companies. And uh, and then the, the, there was a reasonable amount of fraud that was conducted uh, by certain companies you know, that were that was that were taking advantage of that money. Um, in a way that was not appropriate, right? But that aside, just just the fact that a lot of small business owners were put not just on the the back burner, but they were pushed way way in the back and like, well, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. And that that um, for instance, you know, fifty, seventy five, a hundred thousand dollars for some of these small businesses was the difference of whether or not they went out of business in many cases. Nice. Um, and that was super frustrating to watch firsthand. Uh, being a coach and, and helping clients through that process. And, and then there was very, very little support in how to fill out the documents, which was a whole nother 
uh, challenge because a lot of those smaller business owners aren't as financially astute as far as their uh, um, their documents and 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 what specifically the numbers they're asking for and things like that. And so they're struggling through that, and there wasn't somebody there to guide them through that. And then there was a whole series of people that popped up with businesses that were actually selling the service to prepare your documents to get you the PPP money. Yeah. Well, now, now, now you understand why 85% of business owners are not happy with their bank. Yeah, we Absolutely. heard lots, lots of stories uh, of business owners reaching out to six, seven, eight banks and, and never even getting calls back. So yes, yes. Yeah, so these, are, these are the reasons why we decided to launch Integro Bank so that we could truly get a bank that's 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 genuinely focused on helping the business owners. Right. David, you're muted. <laughs> there we go. Uh, thank <laughs> you. One of the things we touched on, I'd love to explore a little further is uh, this, you know, kind of financing side of it. Right. So I know that's a big thing that whether you're looking to start or grow a business is going to become important. So I know there's a number of different finance options out there. So I'd love to just hear maybe some thoughts on, you know, somebody who is looking to start or grow, but they need some financing to do it. What are some of the options that are available to them and what should they be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, we offer a full range from uh, SBA, government guaranteed loans, uh, 7A, 504, uh, as well as just conventional uh, business lending, commercial real estate lending. So all the, all the lending that any bank would do, we, we have all of those products. But as we talked about earlier, we supplement those offerings with the consultative approach and the Integro 360 package to really help partner with that business owner to help guide the, the growth of that business. Yeah. And one of the things that I remember from our conversation, Thomas, was the, uh, I, I think what's super important, and, and this is a role that I play as a coach or I played as a coach with some of my clients, they they are getting to the point where they're scaling, they're growing in, 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 in operation, right? And they're recognizing the need for more capital, right? Short-term loans, you know, like a line of credit, something like that just to, to, to fund that growth, right? Where they start accelerating the growth. And consequently, what I've recognized was it, there, again, I don't see banks. Uh, I've never had somebody walk me through, not only, hey, how much do you think you're going to need, right? I, I, yes, they ask that question, obviously, but to, to actually help me vet that and help me understand how much I really probably should ask for, because, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know, what can I qualify for? Right. As a business owner there, you know, it's like, can I qualify for 50 or a hundred thousand as a line of credit? Is it, you know, is that a reasonable number and, and have no idea, but with your tools and resources and your consultative approach, there's, you actually, I remember specifically you guys were talking about, I, they can give you some guidance and help you provide some understanding of what that's going to look like and what kind of yeah. impact it'll have on the business. Right. Well, every business is different and they have a different cash flow cycle. Right. And so they all have cash flowing in and they all have bills that are going out and the timing is always a little bit different. And so what this right. forecasting tool is it zeroes in specifically on that cash flow cycle. And so you can see where you're at today. You can see where your competitors are. And then that's going to help you unlock uh, that extra cash flow that you can unlock. We, we might be able to help you to grow your business without borrowing money just by simply better managing your cash flow through these tools. But Great if point. you're growing your business fast enough, that's when you probably will need some credit. Right. Yeah. And I and I think that that was the other big piece that really stuck out to me was 
when when uh, when they're going through that process, having somebody walk them through, you know, what what's it going to take? Oh, and I think the other piece that really resonated with me was the idea that if they came away and they weren't going to get approved, what I also am very familiar with is you get turned down. Nobody sits down with you and says, hey, for the next time, here's what we're looking for and what you want to improve on so that you would qualify for that loan or more right. money, whatever that might be. And even yeah. that is yet another step that most banks wouldn't do. You just get a denial. Yeah. And we look at it holistically. It's more likely, hey, here's you have three different ways you can borrow money. Let's talk about those options and what might work best for you. Right. Um, you're right. If there is a turndown, they need to know the specifics of why and what they need to be aiming for so that in, in the future they can they can overcome that. Sure. Right. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, apart from financing, apart from Integra 360, any other services uh, that Integra Bank offers that business owners might not think about initially, but probably should be? Well, again, it's we can compete even with the largest of uh, global banks. So we have treasury management, credit cards, merchant account. We even have the Integra Wealth Advisors. We have wealth management. If you need a mortgage for your home or a second home, we have residential mortgages. So just the, the full suite. But but in terms of technology, um, you can go to a large bank today and take 60 or 90 days to open an account and be required to visit them in person. And being a digital bank, you can either visit us or go online at Integro.bank, and we can actually have accounts open the same day. So it's it's very convenient, and it's designed for business owners who their, their time is precious to them. And so we have an app you can download on Google uh, or Apple, and you can access all of our services on your phone, your laptop, or your computer. So it's very convenient for business owners. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, and I think one of the other things we talked about technology specifically, David, in our meeting with uh, with Thomas, and again, one of the things that resonated with me it was a, a conversation along the idea of technology. And you've heard me lecture at length on you know technology and adapting technology, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the the uh, but the, the, having the ability to access what the information you need in, a, in a, an effective manner, right? Uh, is super important. And I think one of the things I, you know, I look at some of my banking experiences with my businesses and even, even a bank that I've recently worked with, um, you know, they didn't have for the business account, they didn't have the resources I need to do the things I needed to do. And it was super challenging and it required multiple visits into a bank to, to, to solve some of the problems I had. And, you know, the more that I talked with Thomas and his team and it was like, what? I don't have to come into the bank. I don't have to do this. I can do it over line, all online. And it really kind of speaks to the evolution of, of technology, which we speak to quite a bit in our business, uh, helping clients understand if you incorporate these AI components and things like that, how much it's going to impact your business. You know, I, I literally have a client that still today goes and makes a daily bank deposit. And I'm like, you really don't need to do that anymore. I mean, I don't know how... It, he, I know he enjoys taking his few minutes to go grab his cup of coffee or whatever he gets while he goes to run to the bank. But it's uh, it's such a huge time waster, in my opinion. But if you actually had a great experience with your bank, I could see where that would be really valuable. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's recap maybe a couple key points, um, just a few action items for our listeners, and then uh, we'd love to hear maybe any any other new developments that we want to spotlight for our audience. 
So in terms of key points, I think really the biggest thing is all banks are not created equal. And it's really important that you find a bank that specializes in small business banking like Integra Bank. It's also critical that you explore the variety of banking services that are available to help maintain and grow your business. And uh, sounds like there's some really cool tools out there with Integro uh, that can help you do that, that you're not gonna find anywhere else. In terms of action items, I think I would just challenge our um, listeners or viewers uh, to just pause for a minute, think about on a scale from one to 10, how happy are you with your bank? And if you're in that 85% that is unhappy, it's probably time to change. And so you want to be thinking about not only where you can bank, but also which services you might be missing out on, and then start that research. Um, go, you know, look local if you're in Arizona, right? Uh, Integro Bank, but also digital as well. So um, that's a great resource there. Uh, so a couple of key things for our audience there. Thomas, um, where can our audience go to learn more about you or Integro Bank and anything else you want to talk about with Integro that we might have missed today? Well, your audience can visit us at integro.bank, and it's it's pretty easy to use website. You know, the only thing that we haven't covered that's kind of interesting is that when most banks are founded, there'll be six to eight wealthy people that will provide the equity and launch the bank. And we did this much differently from the ground up. Our shareholders today are 230 local business owners who got frustrated with their bank, they now co-own their own bank. So we would invite all of you to join them to be part of the Integro family, either as a client, we are still taking shareholders, but it is a, a really unique type of a bank. And I want to thank you, David and Eric, for having me on the show today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Uh, Eric, anything you want to share about my biz coaches before we wrap up or maybe uh, some events you have coming up? Yeah, appreciate that, David. Yeah, so as we uh, we talked last week, um, the on March 9th, we had the uh, Business Expo in North Scottsdale. So pretty excited about that, expecting about 350 to 400 attendees. And uh, uh, we'll be one of the vendors at that at that event. Um, uh, one of our clients is putting that event on. So I'm pretty excited about that. Looking forward to seeing their success. And uh, I think there's going to be like 40 different vendors. So it's pretty pretty good size event. Excited about that. But um, and then we're holding our own event on April seventh and eighth. That should be landing page should be up for that uh, by middle of next week. So pretty excited to make that announcement. Two day event. We'll be training people on how to capitalize, um, how to maximize their business, get the most out of their business, and and more specifically how to prepare for some of the upcoming changes in the industry. Uh, industries, I should say, as a whole, particularly as we leverage AI and, and different components like that. But uh, super excited about the event. Love looking for speakers for that. So we're still kind of rounding out our cast of speakers, but um, looking forward to that and excited. So thanks, David. Appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, sounds great. Well, Eric, as always, good to hang out with you, spend some time. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your insights and telling us about uh, how we can do banking differently and sharing some advice for our audience. So uh, before we wrap up, if you're new to the new to the show, encourage you to subscribe and uh, you won't miss out on future episodes. And again, Eric Thomas, thank you so much. And thank uh, you. I'm sure we'll be talking with you soon. Thanks. Appreciate it, David. Thanks.